WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Good evening, and welcome to NYC Now. I'm Janae Pierre for WNYC. New York's Office of Cannabis Management is staffing up its enforcement division to crack down on shops selling weed without a license. The move comes after Governor Kathy Hochul ramped up fines for illegal vendors last month. Dan Hackney directs enforcement at the Office of Cannabis Management. He says he's optimistic the fines of up to $20,000 a day will be effective. I am uh, more excited than I, I have been ever to be able to actually have the ability to deal with these locations as we go forward and, and get them shuttered. Hackney says his agency can petition the courts to padlock shops that don't respond to fines. But some critics say the state should focus on opening more legal dispensaries. Paula Collins is a lawyer who represents unlicensed vendors. She says they get plenty of business, even though competition has increased. Where would those sales go if you could magically shut them down, say, tomorrow? Um, those sales would revert to a sort of underground network, which is where they were before. Collins says the state should create a pathway for existing stores to sell marijuana that's taxed and regulated. Similarly, many growers in New York say they're struggling because they don't have enough legal dispensaries to sell to. In Albany, the legislative session just won't seem to end for state assembly members. They're back at the Capitol a few more days for what's scheduled to be their final votes of the year. Supporters are hoping they'll take up measures to extend health coverage to low-income New Yorkers, regardless of their immigration status. There's also a bill known as Sammy's Law that would allow New York City to lower its speed limits. Assembly leaders haven't committed to putting either bill to a vote. The state Senate already wrapped up its session a week and a half ago, but the Assembly was forced to return this week after failing to finish up on time. Stay close. There's more after the break. On this week's On the Media, does the rise of X signal the fall of traditional right-wing outlets? You don't have to have this website and a link that people have to click on. You can just say stuff and you can get attention. You know, you don't need to be Breitbart to do that anymore. Also, what does decolonization really mean? On this week's On the Media from WNYC. Find On the Media wherever you get your podcasts. Later this month, thousands of migrant children will mark the end of their first New York City school year. Many arrived after difficult journeys, speaking little or no English. Since last fall, educators have mobilized to meet their needs, meeting with families at shelters, hosting clothing drives, and doing their best to overcome the language barrier. Amid it all, a local chess program is providing a sense of comfort and inspiration— 
WNYC's Jessica Gould has the story. When 11-year-old Mary Angel Vargas Gomez plays chess, she looks serious and focused. Her brow furrows. She touches her thick black glasses. Then, with a hint of a smile, she makes her move. She says she's become way more confident playing chess than when she first started last fall. She grew up in Colombia, where her parents ran a nonprofit for people displaced by the long-running conflict between the government and militant groups. Her mother, Alexandra Gomez, says they began to receive death threats and fled. Mary Angel's mother told her children they were going on vacation, but the trip was harrowing. She says they got lost in the desert in Mexico, and their skin was scarred by thorns. After they crossed the border into Texas, officials told them to board a bus to New York City. In October, they landed at a shelter in Times Square. Marianne Hall, who spoke little English, was enrolled at PS11 in Chelsea. She told her mother she felt like a scared mouse. PS11 has offered chess classes for years in English. This year, it created new chess classes for Spanish-speaking students, taught by bilingual coaches. It was part of their efforts to make the new students feel welcome. Russ Makovsky is founder of a nonprofit called The Gift of Chess and runs programs at schools across the city. When I had spoken to the principals, they had found it overwhelming to receive so many Spanish-speaking students so quickly, so we thought that we could provide some structure to the school day by bringing in Spanish-speaking chess coaches and creating Spanish-speaking classes only. Makovsky says the game teaches math, critical thinking, and strategy. But in this case, it also gave the kids community and a sense of belonging. And the response was incredible. Um, the kids gravitated towards the game immediately, and it became a highlight of the kids' week. Hundreds of migrant kids participated during the school day. Then two Stuyvesant students, Kyle Lankman and his twin brother Caleb, suggested starting an after-school program. They speak Spanish and have been playing chess since they were in elementary school. Here's Kyle. He's 16. We get to help the kids and teach them the knowledge that I've acquired over many years. They found some space at a church in Times Square where they offered a chess club four days a week. Kyle says he had to push his homework till later at night, but he didn't mind. There's a lot of homework, but the priority was the chess club, so I would just do it when I get home. But sometimes I'd stay up late, but it, it didn't matter, because I think the chess club is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Coach Makovsky sent kids home with chess boards. Parents sent him photos of them playing on bunk beds in their hotels and shelters. They'd send these two kids, it'd be 11 o'clock at night, and these two kids with their chess board on the light of the cell phone playing chess, and just it was an escape, a home away from home. Mary Angel says chess has increased her concentration and confidence, and she's good at it. She plays in tournaments and is among the top 100 girls her age in the country. This spring, she went to the national championship in Baltimore. She says she wants to be a surgeon, a chess master, and a chess coach when she grows up. <laughs> But she's also happy just to have some fun. 
That's WNYC's Jessica Gould. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. We'll be back tomorrow. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours.